I'd like to share with you a story of God's grace, and it's from Matthew chapter 25. So let's stand as we read from the gospel this morning. This is a parable of the talents from Matthew 25. Jesus said to his disciples, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now, the one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master." And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed, so I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground here. You have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and I gather where I did not scatter? (laughs) Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest." So take the talent from him, give it to the one with the ten talents, for to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The parable of the ten, or the parable of the talents, again from Matthew chapter 25, a part of Matthew's gospel that is known as the little apocalypse, uh, two chapters that focus on the end times. Last week, you may remember that Pastor Laura preached from this very same section of Scripture, preached beautifully, I might add, dealing with the parable of the ten bridesmaids. It's a fantastic parable and a really neat way of unpacking that parable last week. And if you were listening very carefully, you notice a similarity uh, in the two parables that both begin with extravagance. Last week, an extravagant wedding banquet. In today's parable, an extravagant amount of money, money that a master shares with his three servants. So, as we begin today, I want you to hear from those two promises, a fantastic wedding banquet for the entire community and an equally fantastic amount of money that's that's shared with these servants. Abundant, extravagant grace is where I'd like to spend some time today. So let's pray together. Lord God, we give you so much thanks and praise for your word and pray that you would use your word to affect us, to reveal to us your gospel. Lord, 
May the words of my mouth and the inspiration of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I don't remember if I was in second grade or third grade when I first went down sliding rock, but I do remember who I was with, Craig Thornburg. Craig was a year older and a year wiser. He had been down that rock and was oh so ready to do it again. I, on the other hand, was just a wee bit scared. Uh, Raise your hand if you've been to sliding rock. Anybody? Some of you know what sliding rock is, and those who are listening, maybe you've been to sliding rock too. It's a 60-foot natural water slide in the Davidson River of the beautiful Pisgah National Forest, what we call an uncontrollable experience. Here's what I mean. When you sit down and you begin to slide, there's no turning back until you hit, uh, you slide all the way down the rock and you hit that water below, totally submerged. And I'm telling you, is it right? The coldest water on the face of the earth. It's absolutely stunning. And I just cannot even imagine the idea of someone wanting to submerge their whole body in that kind of cold water. No way. So I sat out. Craig would have to have all the fun he wanted, but not me. In today's parable, Jesus tells the story of a man who sits out. Well, specifically, it's the story of four men, beginning with a wealthy landowner who gives an enormous amount of money to three of his servants, and then he steps away for a while. To one, he gives five talents, to another, two talents, to another one talent. Now, in first century Palestine, it's important to note that a talent was a unit of measurement, and and more specifically, it was worth 16 years of daily wages, which means that the first servant was given the equivalence of 80 years of earned income, an incredible amount of money, but the bottom line is that all three servants were entrusted with an enormous amount of money with no strings attached. What will they do with all of this grace? Well, there are so many different ways of interpreting this parable, so we just have to choose one. And I would like to focus in on on something that Eugene Peterson has shared with us, a rather interesting twist to this story, I believe, because he focuses attention not so much on the end of the story, which admittedly can be somewhat problematic, but on its beginning. He says that in most languages, like English, uh, there are just two verb voices, the active voice and the passive voice. In the active voice, the subject initiates the action, the ball, the boy threw the ball. In the passive voice, the subject uh, is something is done to the subject. The boy was hit by the ball, which is interesting because our grammar makes us assume that there are really just those two choices between our doing something or our having something done to us. There's not much in between. But in the Greek language, there's a third option. It's called the middle voice. In the middle voice, the subject enters into an action that is already ongoing. It's an action that was started by someone or something else and that will ultimately be finished by someone or something else. It's sort of like jumping down sliding rock. Come on, you didn't create the rock, nor did you put the cold water in the Davidson River uh, in motion down that rock. In fact, that water is going to keep on flowing no matter what you choose to do or not do that day. But in the meantime, why not? Sit down, let go, laugh, and slide until you collapse into the deep waters below. It seems to me that, well, the Christian life is like that. We are given, aren't we? We are given the opportunity to jump into the river of God's grace. 
a river that's been flowing long before we arrived, and look, it's going to continue flowing long after we're gone. We had nothing to do with it, but how much fun it is to be in that river, Uh, to slide down that rock, to enjoy the abundance, the extravagance of grace that's flowing all around us if we choose. And therein lies the problem, right? I mean, think back to the parable. Uh, A man uh, gives an enormous and abundant and an extravagant amount of money to his three servants, and then he takes off. There are a few things we know about the parable, a few things we don't know. One thing that we do not know is how long he is gone. All Jesus says is that he's gone for a long time. That's it. What we do know is that he was gone long enough for the two servants to, to for the first two servants to invest the money and to enjoy a 100% return. Not bad. I'd hire him in a minute. Wouldn't you, Randy? I would. We also know that one of the servants chooses not to invest, but to hide all of that money in the ground, maybe in his backyard, and, and to wait for the man's return. Now, I have to admit to you that there's part of me that wants to be sympathetic with this, with this guy. I mean, what's so wrong about being conservative and cautious, especially as you're thinking about income and potential and finances and future and all the rest? But, but notice what he, what he did. You see, he chose not to take the risk to lose the gift. It's not altogether a bad thing necessarily, but why? Well, it's because he was afraid. Fear kept him from the possibility of failure. And so where that led him is is to make some decisions. He decided that preserving what he had is better than taking a chance of improvement. He decided that holding is better than giving, that hiding is better than sharing. Surely we know better than that, right? Surely do we? Or maybe there's something more. Maybe, maybe he simply wanted to control it. Because, let's be honest, it took a lot more effort for him to go in the backyard and to dig a hole and to plant what was essentially 80 pounds of silver, to plant that much money into the ground took a whole lot of work, a whole lot of effort. It would have been a lot easier for him to walk down to the bank and make a simple deposit in an interest-bearing account, but no, he didn't. Why? Who knows? We're not told. But sometimes we choose to keep things close to our chest so that no one else can have control over it but me. Whatever the intent, we know that the master hoped for more. Come on, let's be honest. We we don't even know that he expected a positive return on the investment. That's never made clear. All we know is that he wanted his servants to do something anything. (laughs) Just please don't hide it. Claim it. Enjoy it. Use it for the good of yourself and for the good of your neighbor. Use your talent. But as you know, that's not what the third servant chose to do. He chose to hide the gift. He never fully understood or appreciated, perhaps, the goodness of the master. He focused instead on what he feared. This is what he said, I was afraid that I would lose your money. And then he said, so that's why I hid it in the ground. Whether he's being honest or not, we don't entirely know. But here's the deal. What we do with our talent matters. (laughs) 
Getting caught up in this great river of grace matters. Extravagant grace that was given with great joy matters. Why? Because the purpose and why it was given in the first place matters. Given so that we might cooperate with God in this great restoration of God's kingdom. Extending grace and mercy, peace and forgiveness and love to all, not to a few friends, but to all. To work alongside God in the garden, stopping every now and then to splash in the cool waters of grace. Look, when we choose to sit out, we miss out on the joy. And we risk spending our lives weeping and gnashing our teeth, having thrown ourselves into the outer darkness of worry, of fear, of selfishness, sometimes of loneliness, and ultimately of despair. But God wants for us so much more than that. This God who formed us and molded us and sculpted us in His very image. Michelangelo was pushing a block of granite down the street one day. A a curious neighbor was sitting along the porch sort of lazily, and he called out to Michelangelo and asked why he was working so hard over just some old piece of stone. And Michelangelo is reported to have said, because there's an angel in that rock that wants to come out. God knows that there is a magnificent gift within each and every one of us because God gave that magnificent gift to us. Friends, we're living in some really strange times, don't you think? These days are filled with just a lot of weird stuff, it seems. We're beating each other up in ways that sometimes seem so very brutal. But hear this, we need each other. Maybe now more than ever before, we need each other. We need to be for each other, sources of encouragement, extensions of God's grace, light for the sake of the world, determined proclaimers of peace, fierce advocates for justice, and loving friends to all, not a few, to all. Let's begin by claiming God's great gift of grace. And so today, I'm thankful for Craig Thornburg, (laughs) who showed me how to jump in the waters of the Davidson River and, and to enjoy a wild ride down that sliding rock, because later on, I eventually did jump in. I gave in and enjoyed the day fully. God wants that for us to fully enjoy the amazing, extravagant gift of grace that has been given to me and to you, given a gift, grace that should never be hidden but uncovered for the sake of the world. Amen.